You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, continuing our post-draft breakdowns. We're on to the NFC North today. Packers, Vikings, Lions, and Bears. Yesterday we talked about the Cleveland Browns maybe having a top draft class. I think there's the team in this division that is rivaling them as my favorite class of the 2021 NFL Draft. At BD Peacock, at Williamson NFL is where you can find us on Twitter. We will be jumping back into our Twitter Tuesday mailbag shows at some point very soon after we're finished with all these things. Maybe we'll just have a big episode as soon as we're done with the entire league. We've got to start. You know what, Matt? I want to start with the Lions today. We're going to go out of alphabetical order just because the latest news there, and there's a ton to talk about with this division with what's going on aside from the draft, but Kerryon Johnson has been waived by the Detroit Lions. He's a talented guy. He's produced some on the field, but there's got to be something that's just not adding up with Kerryon Johnson and the Detroit Lions, and then this is an interesting team to break down their draft as well. Yeah, and, and my take on that is it's a little sad, to be honest with you, because he he's had a promising career, um, two-way back, good receiver, kind of an odd running style, but I still like him quite a bit. I think it's the knee. I, I think this is just a an injury durability thing, and not that it's a massive you know addition, but they, they added Jamar John, Jefferson, who, who's a pretty, pretty decent player in the seventh round. They'd already signed Jamal Williams. I think the doctors are just telling them, hey, we're try- we're having a hard time getting him ready for game day every week, and we'd like to move on. You know, I think this is a durability thing. Right, and they have DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, right, right, right. and they, they drafted a rookie. I think they had a couple of college free agents as well on the roster there in Detroit to make up for it, to fill out that depth chart. So, you know, DeAndre Swift's the guy, carry on Johnson, uh, pretty clear, you know, he was only a second round pick uh, in 2018, so it wasn't that long ago. But two years later, they drafted Swift in the second round, so it was pretty clear that you know that, that he wasn't going to be the feature back in that offense. And now he's available. No. Just real quick, is there a team out there you think makes sense for him, or do you think he's sort of damaged goods at this point? And he's gonna have to prove he's healthy maybe later in the summer before he catches on before camp. There's not a lot of good free agent backs out there, which is unusual for this time of year. Usually, there's five guys you could call easily and just insert them right in there. I mean, there's like Duke Johnson and, you know, a couple guys that are okay, but usually there's a better crop. I bet there's, I bet he's on a team though, or I bet he's in a camp sooner than later. And it wouldn't shock me even this time next week if he's, you know, landed somewhere, but you'd sure like your doctors to get your hands on him. See how that goes. You know, the Detroit lions draft class, Dan Campbell's first. When I, when I was just thinking about my favorite classes, the Detroit lions didn't pop up. But when I looked at this class later, getting ready for this episode, this is a really good class. Like, this is a fantastic haul. Talked about yesterday how I thought maybe I would have gone Sewell for the Cincinnati Bengals over Jamar Chase in round one. They got Sewell a couple picks later. I think that's fantastic value just sitting there at seven, getting Penny Sewell. I really like the interior pass rusher, Levi Onzerike, uh, out of Washington in round two. Ali McNeil, another defensive tackle that I like almost as much as Onzerike. A uh, fantastic prospect, and I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch him develop. Uh, he's 6'2", 317, was a 280-pound running back in high school. Yeah. You see his clips, too. Uh, he was fantastically athletic. And then I love the other third-rounder in Afeti Melifonwu. The value there, potentially getting a starting long outside cornerback out of Syracuse there, late round three. 
Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown in round four. Again, their first wide receiver. Fantastic value for me there. I didn't see him as that second round pick as a lot of people liked him. But in the fourth, give it to me all day. You mentioned Jamar Johnson, too, the running back out of Oregon State. They drafted Derek Barnes from Purdue inside linebacker as well in round four. Really great value throughout. So awesome draft class for the Detroit Lions. Good job, guys. Yeah, I mean, they needed everything. Uh, They let it come to them. Clearly, size was the the theme here, you know. I mean, and that shouldn't surprise mm-hmm. surprise us at all with this, you know, front office. It always kind of rubbed me the wrong way when you'd read mocks with one of the Bama receivers going seven here. I'm like, they're little people. This this this, yeah. uh, this group is all about biting knees and being big and physical. So Sewell falling to them makes perfect sense, especially if you're going to give Jared Goff a chance to succeed. You know, uh, as you were talking, I got a blurb on my phone that they extended Frank Ragnow to a four-year extension. Good, good young center too. So I think the offensive line is certainly the strength of the team, and that's a great place to start on a rebuild. And I mentioned Goff because he obviously is much better when protected than whenever he's you know under pressure. So they realize that, and they're trying. I'm sure they're going to try to create a running game. We talked about carry on. I think Swift, Hawkinson, the offense minus wide receiver looks pretty solid right up the middle now. So, uh, you know, Sewell could be a star here for a very long time. I like that. Um, In terms of size, you know, they went OT, DT, DT, and then a king size corner. (laughs) uh, You know, St. Brown's even a pretty physical slot type juju like receiver. Derek Barnes might be my favorite pick of the whole draft. I want to talk about some of the other ones, but he was an edge rusher at Purdue two years ago, moved to the second level and really excelled and had a great pro day. So 113th pick overall, I think he's going to pay off in maybe a couple ways. I think everybody in this entire draft class is going to participate too, which is something yeah, you can't yeah. say most years. And Amonra St. Brown in the fourth, you mentioned Derek Barnes. Those guys are contributors, probably year one. Jamar Jefferson's going to be number three on the depth chart, probably day one at running back. And you know, that's only a couple plays away from being a starting running back potentially there. Sure. And obviously this team's going to want to run the ball, protect Jared Goff. I think you you nailed it there with Goff as far as you know his strengths and, and being protected is the way to go there. And I love both of the defense of tackles you don't really see teams double up on dt like that uh, in the second and third round but overall fantastic class and very meat and potatoes and setting the stage not surprisingly for the attitude that i think this era is going to bring in for the detroit lions yeah and the defensive tackles to me mcneil you mentioned his athleticism is the modern day nose tackle i mean he's he gets off the ball um, he kind of has eight blocks at North Carolina State, but he's capable of much more. I always compare him to Javon Hargrave, where mm-hmm. Levi Onzerike is the true three-technique upfield guy. So they're different types of D-tackles. Absolutely. Fantastic class for the Detroit Lions. Let's move on. I think the, the Packers and the Bears might take a while. So let's go next to the Minnesota Vikings here okay. and uh, talk about what they did. And, and another draft class of 10 players 11 players how many picks they've made so many draft picks the last two years with so many later round picks they had they ended up with four third rounders this year and three more fourth rounders pair of fifth rounders i mean it's crazy the big surprise here uh right they've made 26 picks in the last two years (laughs) that's insane (laughs) it's insane that's half a roster Uh, you can't they can't all make the team i mean i guess it creates some really nice 
competition. And if you're quickly trying to fix the depth on your roster, then that's a good way to do it. Uh, we got to start at the top, yeah, obviously. Right. No second rounder here. Uh, Christian Derisaw, though, is an offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech that was fantastic value for them after moving down to pick 23. Yeah, I'm sure that they were surprised he was still there. As he was falling, I was wondering, is there are we missing a medical or an off the field or something with Derisov? And 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 I think his I don't know that he interviewed tremendously, but he's a really talented player. Guard is more of their bigger need, but Derisov will take play one of the tackle spots opposite O'Neal. Uh they can kick other guys inside. And then they got Wyatt Davis in the third round, who's just a pure guard that played hurt a lot last year. But if you look at his tape from two years ago, He's a plug-and-play type of starter, so their O-line got a big shot in the arm. Yeah, I think both those guys can play early, and PFF yeah. loved Derisaw. Derisaw had fantastic yeah. both run and um, pass-blocking grades and, and zone-blocking grades there for uh, the Virginia Tech offensive tackles, so I think that's a nice fit for them at pick 23. No second-rounder, and then Kellen Mond early in round three. The second pick of round three, Kellen Mond. Is that to put a little heat, or is it just like, look, this guy is an athlete, He's got a cannon arm, third round. Let's see what we got, because maybe with how much we're paying our current quarterback, he might not be around for that long. I think that's the, the, the thought process is if you're going to make 20, 26 draft picks in two years, one of them should be a quarterback that at least has a chance to play at some point, because you've probably filled a lot of other needs with cheap talent. So do I love Mond? No. But I don't love Cousins, and that's the beauty, is if you can get close to Cousins-like play on a rookie contract as opposed to a $30 million contract, then you really got something. I mean, they have a line, they have a running game, they got two good receivers. Um, I don't think it'll be a factor this year, but if Cousins is just okay this year, at least you have, you know, a guy maybe in waiting, or at a minimum, I mean, if the 66 pick in the draft ends up being a long-term number two, that's worth it. Chaz Surratt in round three. You mentioned Wyatt Davis. I think they kind of swung for the fences with a couple of picks here. And Kenny Nwangu, who's got track speed, is a core special teams type player. And maybe for me, went a little high out of Iowa State. Yeah, he was no. never a full-time starter at running back, but the dude can flat-out fly. Reminds me a little bit of Raheem Mostert. It's a nice change of pace back, I think, for them. And then Patrick Jones late in round three, who's got all the length and athleticism you're looking for. Maybe a little straight line-ish, but I think there might be a little bit more uh, in the NFL for him with his motor and the way he plays and his length and his you know speed to power at 6'4", 260. I think it's a solid depth piece, you know, number three defensive end that could potentially develop into more for you. Yeah, and I watched a lot of Patrick Jones at Pitt, and then they took his uh, defensive line mate, you know, Twyman late here. They had all those picks, and none of them were seventh rounders. They also added an edge in Janarius Robinson, who I like quite a bit out of Florida State. And I just said good things about those three defensive linemen. But in a way, and I know it's easier said than done, and I'm sitting in my basement, I can say, oh, I can be critical of it. But I would have rather seen one impact yeah. edge rusher as opposed to three defensive linemen or one impact upfield defensive tackle type. You know, I mean, uh, somebody opposite the Neil Hunter. Right. I agree. Yeah. At some point, maybe consolidate some of these picks and, and move up yeah, for some yeah. more impact. Um, I think Amir Smith-Marset is sort of that at wide receiver. I like the value in round five. and He's he, my sleeper. And he can I think fly. he has a chance to be their third guy. Yeah, 6'1", 180, and he can fly. He can get down the field. So I kind of like that fit for them. Uh, some solid value there, and maybe you're swinging for the fences, and who knows, maybe he doesn't turn into anything. Maybe he turns into your solid number three guy. 
Yeah, I think there's a chance. You know, the top two guys are set, but there's not much wide out depth. You know, so maybe he can sneak up that depth chart with a good preseason. Um, tons of names here, obviously. Chaz Surratt. I mean, they already had linebackers. I didn't think that was a huge need, but he's a run and hit player that fits the scheme well too. In the third round, we kind of you know glossed over him a little bit, but they added a lot. I mean, twenty six picks in two years is nuts. It's pretty insane. Solid, unspectacular. I think for the Minnesota Vikings yeah. and uh, the class for the Detroit Lions is is you know you I thought oh this it's going to be a little too old school, but I actually liked that class a lot for the for the Detroit Lions. One of my top classes we reviewed so far. Let's talk Green Bay Packers. A lot going on there, and Chicago Bears talking about classes that I love here in 2021. Hey, NFL fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafit, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, Text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. And if you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. Text the word DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. Green Bay Packers. So much news every day, and it's not going to stop all summer long until Aaron Rodgers either signs a new contract, which is potentially something now that's out there that maybe there's a mega deal coming for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Uh, maybe Jordan Love gets traded, or maybe it's Aaron Rodgers that gets traded, and it's going to be nonstop talk about this saga until then. The latest was former Packers fullback John Kuhn talking about the situation and saying that Aaron Rodgers is conflicted because this man loves to play football, he said. This man loves to be a Green Bay Packer, and this man truly sees careers. He's watched friends leave. He's watched Brett Favre's career toward the end. He's watched all these things play out in front of his eyes. He's taken notes throughout his career. He's seen some situations that didn't feel were done or finished the way they could have or should have. He's just trying to take his earned destiny within his own hands. That is former Packers fullback John Kuhn, who I'm sure has talked to Aaron Rodgers uh, quite a bit. Maybe he's part of that text chain where uh, Aaron Rodgers apparently called uh, Packers GM Brian Gutenkust Jerry Krause, which is an interesting comment. <laughs> Jerry Krause did win championships as GM, though, of the, right, the, right. the Chicago Bears, so or the Chicago Bulls. So that's not the worst thing, I guess, but that's definitely not a compliment. Uh, what are your thoughts on this Rodgers thing? Is there even a fit for him to go anywhere now? Denver, is that it? Uh, I mean, do, do you think anybody else like is in it. that market? It feels I mean, like Denver, Las could... Vegas is about it. And those are the teams he named. Yeah. And... But Denver's the one that really feels like it's it's possible. But I'm having a hard time figuring out what the Packers' plan is in all this because obviously they're preparing for life after after Aaron Rodgers. But now they're playing this weird hardball. If he retires, you get nothing. You already drafted your future quarterback. Trade the guy and get a bunch of draft picks, right? Like I don't. I don't if it's gotten to that point, yeah, and, it seems like it's gotten to that point. And at some point, his career is going to slow down, and maybe he plays till he's 45, like Tom Brady, but. History Probably tells not. us that he might start to get a little bit worse. Trade him at like smart money would be 
to trade him, get the max value now, because next year at this time, he's not going to be worth as much. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, he's awesome. He was a deserved MVP. He's one of my all-time favorite quarterbacks. I think he's perennially underrated on the all-time list. But he probably won't be as good next year as he was this past year. I mean, he was MVP. I mean, there's nowhere to go but down. And, yeah, you're a contender with him, and that would be heartbreaking. But you've prepared for this day. He doesn't want to be there. I think they would take a massive, massive step back without him. I mean, like, I don't think I'm – I think it might be smart money right now to put money on Minnesota or Chicago to win this division, hoping Rodgers gets traded. But it seems like the time is now, and he seems pretty steadfast in what he wants to do, and that's not be a Packer. It's wild. It's a wild situation. And yeah. uh, trying to figure out what the end game is here for the Packers and for Aaron Rodgers. And uh, we'll find out probably in coming weeks and months. But we're talking draft here today. What do you think about this Packers draft? They started off in the first round with Georgia cornerback Eric Stokes at 29. I think it's an okay class. Uh, I mean, Stokes isn't my favorite. I understand that he's long and athletic and super fast and all that. But those numbers are a little bit better than he, he is a football player. Um, you know, they drafted two corners. They drafted three offensive linemen, including a corner and offensive lineman with their first two picks. That's pretty clear. I am happy that they added a receiver. And I think Amari Rogers is a really good Randall Cobb like fit, Yep. but I'm not sure that that's the answer to the whole problem either. I think it's funny that up. Randall Cobb himself said that Amari Rogers reminds him of him. Oh, did he? So that's a good sign, I think, there. He, oh, yeah, yeah, right. He stamped that one. So, I, And I thought everyone wants a wide receiver in the first round for the Packers. I thought corner was at obviously the need. Uh, mm -hmm. Maybe Stokes, is, it's a little high for him. thought he's more of a second-round guy than, than a late first-rounder, but I'm not going to quibble with 10 picks, you know, if you think he's the guy. Sure. You want to develop that speed at corner. And I think that was a good plan to say, look, we're looking for a slot. There's a ton of slot receivers in this class. Let's wait till our third round pick and do that. If I was quibbling with anything, I would say that, and we talked about this with the Steelers pick of Kendrick Green, who went around later than Josh Myers. I, I don't think they got great value with the center they, they took, where they took him in the center. No, I agree. I bet he starts for him from day one and is a good player, but there were a lot of centers and he went off the board a little higher than I would have expected. He wasn't my favorite. I do think Royce Newman, the fourth-round pick, will play somewhere. Guard, probably, but maybe tackle. I think that's a nice pickup. And I mentioned they took a second corner. Um, Gene Charles from, from Appalachian State, uh, you know, uh, I think he's a developmental player that probably will project to the slot. So they added some things, you know, O-line and corners. You don't want to be in the free agent market trying to go find those things. So they attack those needs pretty good. I overall, uh, I'm trying to phrase this correctly. It worst draft in the division, in my opinion, like it, but it, it could yeah. still turn out well. And I probably shouldn't be one. I'm not an offensive line expert. And it seems like the Green Bay Packers are. They've always found underrated offensive they have a linemen type, yeah. that played really well. So I guess we have to wait and see with that Josh Myers pick because who knows, it could turn out to be this guy's, you know, one of the next all-pro centers in the NFL too. That's a good point. I mean, I trust them to find quality offensive linemen and assemble a quality offensive line. But I also wonder, I bet Aaron Rodgers had something to do with that too. Do you think that this back channel campaign from Aaron Rodgers will help him in the end and do you think it's painting 
Packers GM Gutenkust in a pretty poor light? Yeah, and I don't know. I often reference Mike Lombardi, and he's talked about this a lot on his podcast, and he would know better than me. And he kind of feels like Gutenkust is sort of the scapegoat here. I mean, Mark Murphy runs the team. I know they don't have an owner, but Mark Murphy is the czar and is very into He's not just an owner that sits back and has no say in football things, too. So uh, I, he might be blaming the wrong guy. Yeah, and th- I think that's a big part of it. There's no ownership to right to really connect. And I don't um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Mark Murphy is sort of that guy. But I don't feel like there's a real connection to the fan base and the fans own the team. Right. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're they're owned collectively by like 300,000 people. And. It feels like there's no, and maybe it, you know, it was that's why it went the way it went with Brett Favre too. It's just like it feels like there's no ownership that that really has that long term. Like, okay, look, we've owned this team for thirty years, and we understand the fan base, and this is our guy, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre. They have to retire in our uniform. We can't allow them to bounce around the league and at some point play and wear a uniform of a team in our division. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if the structure of this unique team is hurting these two situations because they are sort of similar. And, you know, Rogers saw it from the young guy coming in and the old guy going out perspective. Uh, Maybe he realizes, you know, this is how they do business and it's not going to get better for me here. I don't think Rogers comes off looking great here either, but I also completely side with the player in this situation and for him to not want his career to end the same way Favre's did. I'm not sure Earl Rogers is the most likable fellow, period. Right, yeah, he does. He, brings, <laughs> you know, like, he, he deserves some of what he's bringing on himself, too. So overall, I think both Guttenkust and the Packers and and um, Rogers all end up looking kind of bad in this situation. I agree, I agree. Let's talk. I don't think he's going to be a Packer, though. I'm starting to believe that. You think he's going to be? No. Oh, no, you think he's not going to be? Okay. Yeah, I think Rogers and Watson have played their last snap for their two teams. I think Watson has. I don't think we'll see Watson play this year, maybe for anybody. Mm-hmm. And with with Rodgers, it's hard because it, it, does he want to stay or does he not? That That's the thing I can't even figure out. And do the Packers yeah. want him or do they not? Like they, both sides are showing kind of milk toast. You know, it's like pick, just decide. Like if you want Rodgers to be there, make that happen. If Rodgers, you want to stay, make that happen. If you want to be gone, one of the sides can make that happen to you. So it's like, it's, it's, it's really, I think that's why it's such good drama and such theater. It's like, pick a side. This is, yeah, this is yeah. the housewives of green Bay. I think whoever tweeted that right, out was spot on. That's yeah. really funny. I wasn't the biggest George love fan coming out of school. I actually was not very high on him. Mm-hmm. but if I'm Washington or maybe some other teams, I'll give you our second next year for love, you know, you know, buy him 50 cents on the dollar and maybe some of these things go away. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the, the simplest yeah. scenario for the Packers to get this done. Like do something, do something. Right. And maybe draft day was the time they needed to trade love to a team that missed out before another team drafted, mm-hmm. you know, their quarterback. Not as many landing spots all of a sudden. And they know more about love than we do. They've seen him. We haven't seen any preseason games or anything. I mean, if they think he's Mahomes and, you know, Rodgers is the Alex Smith, then you know who you're going with. If you think he's Rodgers right. and, you know, Rodgers is the Favre, 
You go with the young guy. Seems so simple. ship him out. Yes. You know, send him to Denver. One right? of them should be very easily shipped out. It should be a pretty clear plan for you if you're the Packers. Mm-hmm. As great as Rodgers is, if you'd love love, as you did going into the draft, then you ship out Rodgers. All right. Chicago Bears, coming up next, let's finish up the NFC North draft wraps. Have win totals changed in your mind for NFL teams following the 2021 NFL draft at Bet Online? 12.5 over under for those Kansas City Chiefs, 11.5 for the team that beat them in the Super Bowl, over under 11.5 wins for the Tampa Bay Bucks, 10.5 for the Ravens, the Bills, the 49ers at the bottom end of the spectrum. Texans, four wins is the over under in Houston. Offensive, defensive rookies of the year, NFL, in addition to NFL futures, NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball, all the big events, TV events, even reality TV, poker, table games, find it all at betonline.ag. Can't forget horse racing, triple crown, get all the latest odds and info for all your sporting needs Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Go to the website or use the mobile app to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. However in-depth with repairs you can and would like to get at home with your vehicle, rockauto.com allows you to do so. Or just the staples, the things that everybody needs. Jumper cables. Do you not have jumper cables in your car? Go get some at rockauto.com. Engine parts, brake parts, oil, whatever you need, rockauto.com has it, and they have reliably low prices, such an amazing selection. Go to rockauto.com. You will be blown away by the selection they have on any vehicle you could imagine. I'm scrolling rockauto.com. It goes all the way down to 1909 Model Ts. Yes, they have parts for that. It's crazy. So fix up that old car, keep your new car running smooth, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I haven't officially ranked my favorite draft classes, Matt, but initially I thought, you know what, it is the Chicago Bears that are number one. I've seen some other classes, uh, the Lions we talked about here I liked a lot, the Cleveland Browns are up there, but right now I think the leader in the clubhouse still is the Chicago Bears draft just because of how highly I thought of Justin Fields. I know you like Justin Fields a lot, and they were aggressive. They It's pretty clear that Nagy and Ryan Pace, uh, they know that their careers are on the line here in Chicago. They were aggressive, and they went up and got their guys, and I think they got two fantastic values moving up. I'm not usually a trade-up guy, but when it's for a quarterback and when it's for someone who could have gone number two overall in this class in Justin Fields, I love that move. It didn't cost them as much as it cost, say, the 49ers to go up and get their quarterback. And Tevin Jenkins in round two, I mean, just those two picks alone. I like some others, but those two just slam dunks, aggressive. Go get some impact players for your football team. Yeah, and I'll, I'll be you know very you know, candid here. Going into this draft, I was all, often very critical of Ryan Pace for trading up too much. You know, it's generally bad business. Yep. The guy moving up usually loses you know, if you if, over a course of a hundred trades or whatever. So I didn't love that you did it twice. You know, you trade up twice in a draft. You usually pay for that down the line. You know, your depth that you would have got out of third, fourth rounders and whatnot is lacking. But every every trade is different. I'm not going to just judge them all with a you know, blanket over all of them. The fields move and pick was clearly my favorite one of this entire draft. 
I would have taken him at two. I'd have taken him at three. I'd have taken him for the Lions. I'd have taken him for every, you know, I would have taken him every step of the way. So to get him at 10 or at 11 and to move up from 20 was my favorite pick of the entire draft. I think that the Bears might actually have a quarterback for the first time in my lifetime. I guess I also like the Jenkins trade because I like him too. But trading up twice has me a little scared. I know you love Jenkins because you talked I about do. him in our mock for just about every team in the second half of the first round and to get him in round two, just the value of it. And uh, what was the, because t- I know the Fields trade, they went from 20 to 11 and they gave up, so the 20th pick this year and next year's first and a third. So that's pretty standard value to move up that mm-hmm. far to go get your quarterback. But I don't know offhand what they paid in round two to move up. I'm to- actually looking at it here. Okay. Come to- um Pace gave up the 83rd selection to go from 52 to 39. Okay. So he moved up 13 spots and it cost him number 83. Okay, so they had three or they had two third round picks coming into this draft and they traded them both away. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah that makes sense. Okay. So they went a first, a second and then they waited till 5 to pick again. Yes. But I kind of like some of their late round picks too. I do too, yeah. And Tim yeah. Jenkins, I think, fantastic value there. You get two impact starters. I think Jenkins helps you running and passing. Uh, one of my favorite prospects, the more I watched him, he's just one of those guys that grows on you and just kills people, and I, I love does, that. Yeah. And it's also funny just because his photo, his call, his Oklahoma State photo, he just looks like a nerd with glasses on, and he's like the, the biggest killer in this entire draft class. So I love that too. Um, but moving on from the first and second round, Khalil Herbert in round six, like this. One of my favorites. This is why you draft running backs late because I would not be shocked at all if at the end of the year Khalil Herbert's putting up as many numbers as uh, Javante Williams or Trey Sermon or even the first round guys. Uh, I, I love this pick in in round six. Super value for Virginia Tech running back Khalil Herbert who can hit the home run. He doesn't have a ton of wiggle, but he gets downhill in a hurry. Has vision. Uh, he's just the type of running back that that uh, might help you win football games. You can get that kind of player in the sixth round, then I'm I'm all in. Yeah, he was probably my favorite mid to late you know running back guy. There wasn't many of them this year that I was fond of. He was one that I was pretty excited about. I think he'll improve as a, rec- as a receiver, kind of a bowling ball, has some David Montgomery-like traits, you know, after contact runner. Um, I-, I like it quite a bit. I think that's a real good pickup. Kind of Michael Turnery to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. The maybe, burner, maybe a little, not quite as severe, because he was he was just straight line, low to the ground and wide. And Herbert has some of that, maybe not to the extreme extent that Michael Turner was. Yeah, yeah, I, I like that comp. I mean, Turner could run. Larry Borum from Missouri. Did you? I did not watch a lot of him, but he seems like a very similar style player to what they got in Jenkins a few rounds ahead. Yeah, and oh, by the way, they got rid. They they cut Charles Leno, which. I didn't love. I mean, I kind of like the idea of adding Jenkins to what they had. Leno's a pretty good player. I'm sure somebody's going to pick him up. So the offensive line added two pieces, one big one, one pure guard in Borum, but also lost Leno, who was, you know, not cheap, obviously. Uh, Borum, to me, is a a wide-body, mashing-type guard. I think it's pretty obvious the type of lineman they're after. To finish up the draft, Daz Newsome, wide receiver out of North Carolina in round six. They had three six-round picks. Uh, Thomas Graham could be a contributor from Oregon at corner yeah, and then got yeah. themselves a nose tackle in Tonga out of BYU in round seven. And, you know, that's another player like, uh, you know, nose tackles are like running backs these days where you just, you can find guys who can contribute for your team and be one down 
325 pound stuffers, and I think they got one of those uh, that can that can definitely play and make the roster there in round seven. So overall, just fantastic draft here for, uh, in my opinion, impact. Um, I know they gave away the future first, but even they they still drafted seven players, even though they gave away the thirds this year. So the future first might hurt, but as long as you hit on fields, that doesn't matter at all. Love this class for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, and I like Tonga quite a bit. I mean, we didn't really talk much about him with Green Bay. They took Slayton about 75 picks earlier, who's another humongo nose tackle. I preferred Tonga. You know, I mean, it's it's interesting to me that if you're still in the market for those guys, you can get good ones in the sixth and seventh round. And, you know, he's not going to be Hakeem Hicks, but they like big power defensive tackles, obviously. I think Daz Newsom is a dynamic slot type of player as well. But it's all about fields. You're right. And that's a guy I'd be hitching my wagon to. It's fascinating. This division is so fascinating because if Rodgers does move on and the Bears hit with Justin Fields, like how quickly does that change the power structure of this division? And that is exactly what Chicago Bears fans are hoping for. Yeah. I mean, if they trade Rodgers just for future picks, they don't add any players, which is possible. Uh, They're third in this division to me, Green Bay. I I think they're still well coached somewhat and have some talent throughout their roster. It just really depends on if their quarterback is replacement level or not. I mean, it depends then, how love plays. Yeah, it's a, and it's a huge right. if. You just have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I would want Bridgewater back just for that purpose. And there's a very good chance to me that Justin Fields is this year's Justin Herbert too. And I I, don't, I, yes. I, I would be shocked probably if he doesn't play from week one. But it might be a situation like with Tyrod. Uh, in L.A. last year where they give Andy Dalton the start at the very start of the year. And then for whatever reason, you know, when Justin Fields gets in there, uh, I just think his floor is high because his arm talent and his speed and and what he can bring to an offense, even when he's not fully developed yet. Yeah, maybe a trainer uh, punctures Andy's lung about week three. (laughs) Yeah, we'll know something's up if (laughs) they hire the Chargers trainer (laughs) at some point this offseason. All right, good stuff. That is the NFC North back tomorrow with another division. And we're going to continue all the way through the NFL Every Division, breaking down every team's NFL draft in 2021 right here, Peacock and Williamson.